Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 4th of June 2013. I always suggest that newcomers make good use of the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. You'll find all the official sites I have listed there, and they all carry lots of audios for free download. We go through the system we're born into, and it truly is an organized system, way above uh, democracy and politics as we know it. And I tell you about the foundations that set up over a hundred years ago to basically bring in this world system run by experts and, of course, a dominant minority at the top, an elite who've really been in charge for an awful long time, and they plan to keep going with their own offspring in charge for centuries much, much, much more than this after we're long gone, and maybe even our own kind or species is gone, because they want to clone people down the roads, at least modify them to be perfect, obedient citizens. And that's coming with the brain projects and so on. They've got underway, using our tax money, of course, because we always uh, give the cash up to build our own chains. So help yourself to the website. Remember, two all the sites listed there at cuttingthroughmedics.com have uh, transcripts for print-up in English. And if you go into Alan Watt Sentinel.eu, you can get uh, transcripts in other languages. And remember, too, you bring me to you because I depend upon you to help me tick along here. Uh, and it's cost quite a bit. In fact, I pay, I pay over $1,000 uh, this month alone just on websites and all the rest of it and servers, two different servers, both of which often get interfered with. So uh, this, this is why I have so much of everything, basically. And even the websites I have, I get trouble from Yahoo and other organizations uh, that um, even if we're unlimited uh, uploads, uh, they still can get back to me and say there's too much there, etc., etc., etc. So that's why there's so many sites I have there to share all the, the load that's up there. But there's thousands of talks for download, as I say. So if you want to keep me ticking along, you can buy the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com, where I go through the art of managing what they call the human herd. A very old art indeed, going back to ancient times. Ancient priesthoods knew about this art, of course. They, they ruled on behalf of a dominant minority in their days, generally foreigners as well, uh, that came in and dominated their cultures, making kings and queens and pharaohs and all the rest of it. And these sciences are never forgotten. They're so important. And, uh, and every time an empire uh, falls... Uh, you can believe you me, all the archives are already gone, long gone, into the new bunches taken over because they never throw away this kind of knowledge. It's too powerful. So remember, from the U.S. to Canada, to order the books and discs, you can uh, use personal checks or international postal money orders from the post office. You can send cash or use PayPal across uh, the waters. You can use uh, Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal. And straight donations are seriously welcome as we go through these hard times. And uh, this is not a business because I came out a long time ago uh, because I listened to Patriot Radio a bit and realized that they were going round in circles and they were navel-gazing. They didn't realize there's a big, massive world agenda on the go. And whatever laws were passed in each country were passed across the world at the same time. And, of course, in every country they never told you uh, that uh, this was a, a 
a worldwide agenda. They simply told us, he's a new national law for you. And people didn't think any further. They'd grumble about things, but they didn't know that a world body was bringing all these laws down on top of them. And uh, I thought it was time to come out and go through the eugenics uh, program that was planned, uh, how our tax money was being used to make us more subdued and stupid, really, very obedient but stupid, and how the education system, too, was a big part of it. In other words, total management, total mind management was a very old idea that had been put into practice. And I went through the old philosophers and even the ones in the 20th century, like Lord Bertrand Russell, who came out with a lot of the, 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 the techniques that were to be used today, in fact. He's dead, but we're still using his techniques today, and many others like him that worked with the global societies. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix And it really is a matrix because We're kept in our little rooms or boxes Inside the matrix and each time you think You're getting through into a higher level You don't realize there's many other levels Above that and above that and so on And you're controlled and really We are controlled. The mainstream media Is all controlled. We've gone through the history Before of the Royal Institute of International Affairs CFR where every Major uh, publication uh, and anchormen too on television and journalists, the top ones, are all members of this organization that are sworn to what they call the Chatham Rules for their meetings, and they, they swear allegiance to the organization and its goals, which is, of course, world government and uh, a particular kind of system, very elitist system. And you'll find all the Bilderberg members, too, are members of it as well, and the trilateral organization, also uh, part of this group. And they are through all countries and nations, they have been for a long, long time putting in top uh, bureaucrats into positions. They're there for life. They know what they're doing. Politicians come and go. But they also pick the top uh, members of all the political parties, left-wing and right-wing. And so they play the game for the public. And the public keep voting in this, this group. And democracy, see, so you don't vote in a new person or a group because you like them. You're so, so sick of the last group that you voted in and you want a change. And you hope, you hope, you, you live in hope, basically. And we do have an optimism factor in our minds, our brains, so they, 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 uh, they know this too, and they've done lots of scientific uh, writings about it. They know this because if you get certain brain injuries in a certain part of their brain, you become very depressed and so on. But uh, and some people actually will enhance it if other pathways are blocked through to accident or disease or whatever. So anyway, they understand how we tick, and they're going really full guns ahead to getting uh, our brain mapped not just uh, the U.S. is doing it. They're working in partnership with the European branches for brain mapping and Japan as well. I might touch on that tonight. But the whole idea is to, once they've mapped your brain, uh, they'll go into the GIRFEC program, which they're using in Scotland as a trial basis, where a guardian of the, from the social work department is appointed by government on every for every child there is. From, from the age of about two months onwards, I think. And you're getting psychology tests at two months onwards. And then you also get checked to see if you have any racist leanings or whatever. Uh, and ma- many other politically correct agendas involved in it too. To turn out the perfect, docile, stupid fool, basically. If you're too bright, they'll put you on a lot of pills, like they do in the US and elsewhere, and uh, shrink your brain. And that's, of course, is the effect that they have with lots of the drugs that they give for ADHD and so on. 
well documented too, because it's really speeded around amphetamine that you're giving them. But we watch all happening. They give you the internet, of course, because you couldn't bring any of this system in without the internet. They've got a, in a totalitarian tyranny, you've got to make sure that everyone is completely predictable. And you're all predictable because you put all your information up by your chatter every day, by emails and Twitter and all the rest of it, and your phone conversations, all being monitored. You all know what's happening, and they keep these records forever, folks. It's forever. So uh, they know exactly how you are. They have virtual use, uh, a virtual you for everyone. In the Pentagon, they admit that themselves. I read the article on the air from the Pentagon a couple of years ago. And they set it up knowing all about you. And as you change your, your, your fads or whatever you're up to, they add that onto your virtual reality in the Pentagon. And they do little war games with you and mind games and situational games to see how you react in certain things. And they say you're, you're very predictable. They're so accurate today, they're very predictable. That's how free you are. You have no freedom at all. But they couldn't do it without computerization. It wasn't given out there for you to be happy with. Uh, it was given out there for the big boys to make sure you become addicted to it and they'd have total control and knowledge, complete knowledge of who you are as a person. And that makes them feel safer at the top. Mind you, mind you too, if you're not too good, uh, or you're, you're maybe too good actually for your own goods, they'll, they'll certainly come after you in one way or another, uh, either using psychiatric institutions, uh, because the Soviet Union used psychiatry big time for people who were dissidents, real dissidents, not the little yahoos that uh, think they're being anarchists and so on, but the ones who really know their stuff, and they would lock them up in psychiatry, and they would actually say that you had inflexibility of opinion. That was classified as a mental disease. Because in this new system, it's, it's very much into the Orwellian stuff, where, where O'Brien, the torturer, says to Winston, he says, if I can see I can fly, Winston, you'll believe I can fly. If I say two and two is five, you'll believe it. It's not good enough to say it, because he wants you to say it. You've got to be made to believe it. And unfortunately, people today are so easily to convince of pretty well anything. Uh, Bertrand Russell again said that 50 odd years ago, 60 years ago, that with the right technology, the right techniques, he says, it'll be, it'll be, it'll come, and it'll be beneficial for the rulers, he said, where you can convince anybody of anything at all. And that's already here, folks. Now remember, too, if all mainstream is always control, because control is a factor, you gotta be careful too of what they call alternate media as well. Don't forget that for a second. Don't ever forget that, because during the 60s, the old uh, Patriots system, which was mainly shortwave and so on, initially set up by, by the CIA, uh, and they were using Christian groups in America at the time to counter the propaganda of, of the Soviet system. And I often wonder if they ever gave it up. Why would they give up such an arm of control for those who are trying to think outside the box? Always think about that too. Now, We've gone through the history many times before about the big organizations of the CIA and MI6, Mossad too. They have real real, real um, corporations out there that do manufacture things. And they are, they'll be listed as registered corporations and so on. But they don't realize that they're actually set up by these organizations, especially in, in the electronic fields especially, big time. But uh, you'll find that, uh, as I say, they're still run by the big boys at the top. And we know that... Um, NAC and, and Google, for instance, have a big connection. I'll put a, an article up tonight to show their complete connection 
because uh, they are set up by the NSA, all these organizations. And we find they do produce things too. Google owns Motorola, for instance. And, of course, Motorola is bringing out the high-tech tattoo that's supposed to replace all your passwords. And they've got all these big PR uh, articles to the media, just handouts, and they're published right into the media. But it says, uh, it says the Moto X is expected to launch later this year and be more contextually aware than other phones. The BioStamp electronic tattoo is made of silicon, contains an electrical circuit, antenna, and sensors that bend and move with the wearer's body. And the Proteus Digital Health Vitamin Authentication Pool is powered by acid in the wearer's stomach and creates an 18-bit signal picked up by mobile phones. Motorola is trialing the technologies as authentication alternatives to to non-secure traditional passwords. Now, you can see how this ties in with total control for those who, I'm sure most listeners don't need to be told that. And it's also a predictive programming, because even if it doesn't take off, the thought's now in your head that this is going to be inevitable down the road, and they bring out some other uh, technique that won't seem so invasive or whatever, but it does exactly the same thing, and you'll be made to use it. But it says that uh, Motorola's announced it's looking at alternatives to traditional passwords in a bid to make logging onto online sites uh, or accessing mobile phones more secure. Among the ideas discussed at the DR11 conference in California Wednesday were electronic tattoos. That's an old idea. We've read about them four or five years ago. That article's out then. Again, they always build up to something, and I believe you, even if you've forgotten it to, uh, consciously, your subconscious hasn't forgotten these things. That's called predictive programming, reading the, the mind to accept the ultimate thing down the road. And it says the tattoos developed by Massachusetts-based engineering firm MC10 contain flexible electronic circuits that are attached to the wearer's skin using a rubber stamp. They can actually put in your clothing too. And in fact, they have in some <laughs> some particular corporations. And basically, it says uh, the researcher at Illinois uh, University used standard CMOS semiconductor computer chips technologies to create the the bio stamp using high performance silicon can stretch up to two hundred percent. It says the bio stamp can monitor temperature, hydration, and strain, amongst other medical statistics. It can actually tell them what you're doing by, by the type of energy it's used, the muscles involved, and all the rest of it. The first prototypes were, were struck on using an, a, a plaster-style patches. They saw, see, they started them using them with uh, the, the so-called NASA astronauts for the space shuttle and so on a long time ago to monitor their heartbeats, pulse, and all the rest of it. And moved on from there. More recent prototypes are applied directly to the skin using a rubber stamp. It can then be covered with spray-on bandage to make it more durable and waterproof enough to wash. The MC10 bio stamp is set to last up to two weeks before it starts to come loose. Well, as soon as that happens and if it catches on, you'll find that they come out with the next part that was already made probably years ago, ready for, ready for it, and it'll be more waterproof and last a lot longer. Such a nuisance having to do it every two weeks, right? MC10 originally designed the tattoos called BioStamps to help medical teams measure the health of their patients either remotely or without the need for large, expensive machinery. And, of course, we've had the chips embedded into elderly people with various brain diseases or disorders. Motorola claims the circuits which also contain antenna and built-in sensors could be adapted to work with mobile phones and tablets. Makes you wonder too about cancers. When you're getting cancers in the brain, it's really exploded with the cell phones and now you can put it into your stomach as well. That's not a bad idea, eh? Really. And it says the Proteus Digital Health Pills have already been approved by the US Food and Drug Administration and was given European regulatory approval in 2010. 
And it says, one swallowed the acid in the wearer's stomach uses the electrolytes to burn this, to turn the switch on and off. And it says it can also monitor heart rate. And the pill was approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration in 2012, uh, and so on. There, it says, Momotorona's Regina Duggan called it the vitamin authentication pill. Said the pills can be taken every day for 30 days if necessary without any problems. Contains a computer chip that can be powered like a battery. And it can be used to verify the wearer is the correct owner of the device or account. Mind you, too, uh, it can also be used by the, any government agency to, to stop you from getting into any building or even a car or, or whatever, even a store. Don't forget that, too. And it will be. It will be for the idiots that fall for it. And there, there will be lots of idiots because that's why they've made, made tattooing awfully popular through the movies and the stars that you follow. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back with Cutting Through the Matrix and talking about tinkering with our bodies and our minds because that's the ultimate thing, uh, at least for a, a phase anyway, until they get into truly breeding um, and creating new kinds of humans. And they, they will do this eventually, two more efficient workers that don't complain, don't need much, they're, they're, they don't need to consume lots of things to reward themselves at the end of the month. Uh, and buy rewards and so on. So uh, this is where we're going with all of this. And two, everyone must be, be completely predictable. And, it, and I've got an article too. I'll try to find and put up the link, cuttingthroughthematrix.com at the end of the broadcast. But it's to do um, with uh, another scientist who's come out and said that, um, because you see that, that they know, for instance, and there have been lots of articles out in the past about different parts of the brain. They know which are affected, as I say, in accidents and and. Um, they say there's an optimism center in the brain, but there's also what they call the God space. And the God space, in other words, is where they claim or they think that's where very religious people uh, uh, are activated from this part of their brain. And it's different in some people, the different sort of uh, sizes, more cells involved, less in others. And this is what they claim, being neuroscientists and other atheists, that this is the cause of it. So... Uh, what they actually said, one of the scientists actually said that uh, they can de-radicalize a fundamentalist Islamic person or Christian or whatever it happens to be. And this is one of their projects, of course. In other words, if you're anti-whatever that's going on, uh, they can also de-radicalize you. And they're putting so much money, our, our tax money, of course, into it. This is what they're going to use it for. Although they always say it's to help the elderly and, and, and victims and so on. Always the same nonsense. When DARPA is involved and the military-industrial complex is involved, they're not interested in helping people who are ill or sick or crippled. Anyway, it says two major projects announced in recent months have staked out ambitious aims to get the bigger picture of what's going on in there. And that was from the Irish Times. It says, in January, the European Commission revealed it selected the Human Brain Project as a future emerging technologies flagship project. It's ready to cost more than a billion euros over the next decade. The initiative is looking to build a computer simulation of a human brain. That's one part of it. And it says then in uh, early April, an Obama administration announced the Brain Initiative standing for Brain Research Through Advanced Innovative Neurotechnologies, but often simply called the Brain Activity Map. 
The idea here is to develop the, and use technologies to record real-time interactions to help to build up a more dynamic picture of the brain. Again, the plan is to work on this over a decade, and each year it will lead hundreds of millions of dollars in funding. Now, you understand, too, certain sciences, as they call them, have dogmas that you must accept at the beginning of courses. And if you go into neuroscience, remember it's coupled completely with uh, uh, behaviorism, eugenics, and many other things too, to do about, about us, what makes us tick as, as individuals, what makes a, a, an individual different from someone else, and so on. And they want to know all of this stuff so they can tinker with you down the road. And once again, uh, before they obviously will bring out their clones and so on, they'll want to tinker with you after they've done their Gearfix studies like Scotland's doing to find out if they can improve something or knock some radical part off of the brain so it doesn't give them any problems in the future. But it says the age, so when you accept it to go into these courses, and these are courses are across the whole world, uh, and you'll find it's just like uh, eugenics or bioethics, as you say, which are genetic organizations or, or educational systems, you must accept Darwinism, basically, and, and evolution off the, off the bats. So it's the same thing with neuroscience. You must accept all of that and, uh, and the fact that down the road they'll have the right, they will have the right to tinker with us and rectify us, fix us to be good citizens. Anyway, this is Professor Henry Markham, who coordinates the Human Brain Project, and he's based in Switzerland, argues, argues the case for bringing data together. So we need to drive a complete revolution in a way to do neuroscience. What is needed is a global collaboration. He told a recent conference on European brain research, and it says that success is the next challenges in Brussels, which was organized by the European Commission for European Month of the Brain. Markham uh, outlined the need to integrate the data pouring out from scientific studies, and he says... Um, Part of the issue is that researchers uh, study the brain at different scales of space and time and we're missing integration and a coherent view, according to Markram, who's based at uh, Switzerland. But even if you integrate results from studies at the levels of individual cells, circuits and entire brain regions, the challenge of simulating the complexity of the brain is still gigantic. And it says, is it worth doing? It says the Uber neuroscience approach gets a qualified thumbs up from Professor Kevin Mitchell, who's Associate Professor of Genetics and Neuroscience at Trinity College Dublin. I think it's the right time for concentrated efforts like these, he says. Then he goes into it in a bit more detail, but they don't go into where they really want. I mean, you think all this funding is getting to them because they're out, out of pure interest, folks? Of course it's not. This is for controlling uh, the societies not in the very near future in the very near future, because neuroscience is already involved with governments, along with the behaviourist work for them too, on policies and how to get policies across and through to the general population. They work with the marketing organisations as well, using chronology. It's a very good art, and it always works. Now, when there's many ways to destroy a country, by the way, and if you look at um, genocide and ethnic cleansing, there's different uh, definitions, basically, for them, but what comes under the Geneva Convention for, for it is to destroy a people using various techniques. Uh, you can either do it economically, one that's a big one is, is destroy a people economically. You could starve them to death, uh, you can create uh, depression, because people have no future, get awfully depressed, and then you introduce drugs into the country big time, and those who are depressed will take the drugs to escape the misery of living. They've found this works awfully well with American Indians in Canada, for instance, 
and there's no shortage of supply to drugs and even glue for sniffing for the children. And it's been going on for years as they die off. They're also using it in places like Scotland too. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix talking about techniques of destroying whole peoples. And one way of course is eliminate the language they use by forcing another language on them. That was done to Scotland back in the 1700s and the 1800s under the Highland Clearances where they were deporting many of the, the Highlander people who spoke Gaelic, of course, and who were found speaking it in, your, in, the, in the tongue for quite a few years or even wearing tartan for that matter for the clan that you belonged to, you were hung on the spot by the troops. So it was one way of doing it and eventually they relented on that once they had cleared enough out the country and or killed them off. And they've done it in other countries too. But in America too, as I say, in Canada, especially, you can go into any of these reservations and they've got terrible drug problems. So it's to make sure drugs flow in. Because the people you see, and Darwin mentions this too, who are having their cultures destroyed by what they claim as a superior culture is in charge, uh, then they go into utter, utter self-destruction. It's well understood. And with Scotland, for instance, uh, with the massive propaganda, multiculturalism, massive immigration and so on, uh, and we're all the same and everybody's the same, you lose your culture altogether if you are the dominant uh, culture that's been there for a long, long time and you feel you belong to nothing. And I've had Scots people say that, and English folk too. I don't know what it is to mean to be British anymore or English or Scottish. They don't know. They feel, they feel they're just lost. They're ignored. And that was one of the reasons they were ignored, because the Labour Party for years imported people basically from outside countries, from diverse countries, and then helped start them up, even in businesses across the country, where they'd have to pay tax for about 15 years, and gave them businesses to start with fact and funding. And uh, and the people that should have been supporting Labour were totally ignored, and because they would not have revolutions, and Labour wanted to bring in folk who might have revolutions. Anyway... There's always these wars going on, and the public are completely oblivious to the real reasons that are going on. Anyway, as I think, a Gerfec is a program in Scotland where, uh, as I say, you get a guardian appointed to you at birth, basically, by the state. And then you have checkups all the time uh, to, to see your emotional health, your well-being. And, of course, it's graduated too to see if you're politically correct with all your ideas. If not, you'd be rectified rather quickly. And... Um, it's much like Clockwork Orange, I'm sure, before you're even 10 years old. And then they'll have their ideal citizens. So that's a test bed for the world. And Gerfec has uh, uh, associations from the United Nations working with them. Even Sarkozy, the ex-president of France, he was also in helping set it up too. And, and it's going on and on. So that's part of eradicating a people and a culture. Anyway, it says here the Scottish government claims to have an approach over the past few years based on recovery for, for drugs and so on. However, these figures are another suggested approach is not being effectively implemented on the ground. It says this shouldn't be investigated as a matter of urgency, or it should be, and we need to spell out clearly how we intend to tackle the problem, because it, what they're claiming is sick hospital patients are squeezed out by the drug users. You can actually go into some really depressed areas now in the country, and you'll see the needles and syringes hanging out the arms. Uh, children uh, on doorsteps now. Now, when I was growing up, there was none of that at all. Everyone knew who they were. Everyone knew what we were, 
where your neighbours were. You're, you're all Scots, although that was getting hammered after you at school as well. And um, I by design. And uh, but once it goes, as I say, Darwin said it. Uh, you eventually self-destruct if you don't know what you are anymore, and you're being ignored by the people who are supposed to be in charge of you. The Scottish National Party is not, as far as I'm concerned, Scottish at all. And it's completely globalist, and it's pretty well communist in many ways too. And it says that a rising number of drug users are clogging up Lothian hospitals as a result of substance abuse figures reveal. And then they go into the different drugs that are out there in the streets big time. Opioids, including heroin and methadone, were by far the most common cause of acute hospital visits, accounting for 738 discharges in the region over the year-long period. Cannabinoids, which are from cannabis, sedatives and cocaine also led to stints in hospital. The figures don't include alcohol. The chair of Scotland's Patients Association branded the users taken to hospital as selfish. She added, if this is what they want to do with their lives, that's their choice. But other patients who are sick don't get to choose. Well, actually, a lot of these children don't get to choose either. If you're in utter misery, you've been told by, starting with Margaret Thatcher and others since then, uh, uh, there'll be generations growing up here who will never see work in their lifetime. Get used to it. That's what they're told on national television by the Prime Minister. What would you do at that age when you see no future whatsoever? Anyway, this is a, this is a plan ploy for taking them down, destructing them. By the way, uh, it's not, it doesn't surprise me because H.G. Wells and others had the Scots and the Irish down for, for complete elimination of peoples who should not be allowed into the New World Order because they tend to rebel, judging from their history, just too often for the elite to be happy about. Anyway, it says they're taking up beds that are needed elsewhere. The vast majority of parent patients were rushed to Lothian's emergency departments, increasing strain on struggling facilities. Now, I remember uh, back in the 80s, uh, when coming back to Britain from other countries, and uh, I couldn't believe the immigration that was just flooding in, especially from India. And along with that, I got to know lots of the big the, the tycoons that were coming in from India, who were buying whole streets of slums through Edinburgh, Glasgow and different places. I knew them very well, actually. And they had every scam in the book going because they don't go by your laws or rules, like others too. There's others been in the country a lot longer who don't go by them either. But um, they were also importing drugs big time uh, on shipping. And, of course, Scotland along Edinburgh and so on, you've got the docks, etc., and you've got lots of shipping coming in Grangemouth and all that, and drugs were coming in like crazy from the guys who've been, who were the masters of drugs from India, who were then residing in Scotland. So it's all planned long, long in advance. And the authorities obviously knew about it, but they weren't stopping it at all. Anyway, they go on about their Scottish uh, approach over the last few years based on recovery and how it's basically not effective and so on. And it says that the vast majority of patients were rushed to Lothian's, another hospital, increasing strain on struggling facilities. Now, that's what happens. And as I say, if I go into uh, reservations in, in Canada here, you'll find the same thing. People who have lost their culture, uh, they feel they've nothing left. They have seen no future. And you understand, uh, your culture gives you your, your modus operandi and your reason for being as well. And um, when that's gone, you self-destruct. Well understood in genocide. Well understood, for those who don't quite get it. And also, uh, and by the way, it'll happen across the whole of Europe now too, with this new Soviet-type internationalist uh, commission at the top that runs this, the, the, new, the new Soviet Union based in Brussels, the, the parliament of the EU.
SED, you can naturalize all the other countries too. And the, another one too is about sitting in a hospital cubicle, clutching your stomach. You'll see pictures. It's a guy who went in. He waited six hours. A young father actually. And it was a virus condition he had. He wasn't even checked for six hours. And he died right there before he did any treatments whatsoever. Could have been saved, but nope. That's the, the National Health Service for you too. We also know too, there's uh, some countries that were in the Soviet Union. In fact, most of the countries that were under the Soviet bloc uh, were plundered by the dominant minority who came in in the revolutions from outside. And many of them were not from those countries at all, even the ones who ran the Soviet Union. Many of them came from Germany or and New York, actually, true. Uh, and uh, and they dominated the country right through the Soviet era, and their children took over as well. And a lot of them are still there. That's why Moscow is one of the richest countries uh, in the world. Moscow itself, the richest city, as I say, in the world after New York City. But you find, too, a lot of those ones who ran the Soviet Union liked the, the countryside, good countryside, and nice houses, like they do everywhere else. And they used places like Slovenia for their, for their beautiful, uh, away from the work enterprises. But Slovenia uh, gets a second agency debt downgrade, it says. So they're going to downgrade them, a country that's been abused for many years through the Soviet era. And it says, uh, just weeks after Slovenia was downgraded by the rating agency Moody's, which means if it borrows, it's going to be a higher um, interest rate, it receives a, a new blow as Fitch voices concerns over a bailout. So the, they're almost at the bailout point now. And they have beautiful houses there that were built for the, the top uh, commissars from the Soviet system. And uh, they'll go for peanuts. This is the idea too, because there's, there's big interest from other outside the countries involved, or coordinated interests. They like to flatten nations, and, and they go in and they buy up all the real estate. That's what's happening in Bulgaria, by the way. And the same guys who were members of the Soviet system call themselves other things now, like liberal Democrats, things like that. It's the same guys that ran the Soviet Union. That's how the world really is. It didn't fall, by the way. And all these guys had warnings it was coming, and what was going to happen afterwards and how they'd have to grab all the big oil fields, etc., and make the, the ultimate billionaires, which they have in Russia. Plenty of warning. Now, there are all of hullabaloo, I think, in the States, about Supreme Court, it says, OK's DNA swaps of people under arrest. Well, all they're doing is standardizing this across the world, because Britain's had it for years, so does Canada and many other countries. So, join the club, folks. Everything is global. And that means even if you if they can't if you drop your arrest doesn't matter that's on there for life. You want a DNA database of everyone down the road. Another one too is ten reasons why so many people are moving to Texas. Half of the ten fastest growing cities in the U.S. are Texas, according to new figures. So everywhere you look at it, there's a lot of people moving there. And five of the ten fastest growing cities in the, in the country between 2012 were in Texas, according to the new figures from the U.S. Census Bureau. New York is way out in front in terms of added population, but Houston is second with San Antonio and Austin fourth and fifth now. And the big 90-page report put out by the top think tank for the military-industrial boys, the Department of Defense in Britain and NATO, that I read in some of my archive section at cuttingtributes.com, 90 pages is worth reading. Uh, they said that eventually the U.S. will be stripped down of its old cities, depopulated with moving folk out for work into third world countries. But also there'll be certain ones left that will expand. And they had Mex- Texas as a possible one that they would ex- actually expand. So they're going along a plan where you understand it or not. Everything, everything runs to plan. 
folks, everything does. And also, since the Russians proved that small-scale organic can feed the world, very good article actually about. Um, so if you've already been through an economic collapse, uh, you'll know a thing or two about how to feed your family with little money. M- most importantly, you might know how to do it without pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, and GMO seed. And a total of about 20 million acres managed by over 35 million Russian families. Russians are carrying on an old world technique, which we Americans might learn from now. They're growing their own organic crops, and it's working. The thing is, you see, Russia still has about 35 million Russian families. On the, on the smaller farms. Uh, the whole project uh, in the Western world, from starting in, during World War II as government intrusion came into farming, was to eliminate small farmers and, and create corporate farms. It was the small farmers that were around all villages, towns and cities that made people survive, helped them survive the Great Depression in the 20s and 30s. They're all gone pretty well, folks. Because the new system is to make sure that only the big, big corporations that own all the seed and the pesticides that you must use with their seed under contract uh, run the world's food supply. You're at their mercy. Utter blackmail. That's what it is. So according to new statistics, they grow 92% of the entire country's potatoes, 77% of its vegetables, 87% of its fruit, and feeds 71% of the entire population from privately owned organic farms or house gardens all across the country. They aren't huge agro-farms run by pharmaceutical companies. These are small family farms and less than an acre gardens as well. So it can be done if you're allowed to do it. And you know, you're, you're already getting a battle in the American uh, countries um, to do the same thing. They want to ban a lot of this uh, private gardening and so on. And they want to raid your garden to see what seed you've used. And... Um, also, this article too is quite interesting. Russia mentioned, you know, Russia's run from Moscow and that those who ran uh, the Soviet system live, a lot of them still live in Moscow, other ones run off to LA and New York after Berlin came down uh, on time, on cue. But it up to $30 billion are stolen from the Sochi Olympic funds report. $30 billion they can't find. And it's to do with corruption, with those looking after the money. And it says that uh, Russian officials and businessmen have stolen billions of dollars during the years of preparations for the 2014 Winter Games in Sochi, a prominent Russian opposition figure claimed Thursday. Boris Nemtsov, a former Russian deputy prime minister termed Kremlin critic and associate, said in a report released Thursday that up to $13 billion was stolen in the run-up to the Games in the southern Russian city. Russia had originally announced in 2007 that the 2014 games would cost about $12 billion. Within six years, that estimate went up to $51 billion, making Sochi the most expensive Olympics in history, winter or summer. In contrast, the 2012 London Summer Olympics cost $14.3 billion. Uh, Nepsov arrived at the figures of $30 billion by comparing the initial cost estimate of the Games with the final $51 billion price tag and with typical cost overruns at previous Olympics. He also compared the perceived cost of Sochi's Olympic stadiums with stadiums at previous Games. And the difference between the initial and final cost of Olympic Games in the past 14 years was a two-fold on average in contrast to four-fold in Sochi's case. And he says, uh, we account this irregularity for corruption, fraud, sloppiness and unprofessionalism he said at a press conference in Moscow. Well, it's a big public money purse, and that's where the thieves go who are generally up there in the political arena because psychopaths always get in there. That's what runs the world. It runs the countries.
Also, about two articles here about Afghanistan because they're keeping it going there, of course, with the troops in there and so on. And it said here that um, the kidnappings of, of uh, Afghanis by U.S. and allied troops have sparked widespread anger amongst local populations, with the locals threatening regional officials with protests if U.S. night raids and kidnappings continue. They just go into houses and just round up all the guys and bring them in, and youngsters too. And it says... Um, U.S.-led soldiers have kidnapped several Afghan civilians during a recent night raid in the troubled southern Afghanistan local residents say. Now, the thing is, too, another article, too, that one of the bases that the U.S. has just uh, vacated in Afghanistan, they're now digging up the bodies of prisoners, people who were kidnapped in nighttime raids by U.S. troops. They're digging up, uh, they're finding the bodies of them dug in just outside the prison walls. So this is what they did with them after they tortured them, folks. And you can believe your, your bottom dollar. The big boys want uh, terrorism forever because of they're creating it. They're creating the problem. And a lot of angry young people uh, want revenge. This is all designed this way. It's designed this way. So the US has been torturing them. Lots of them die during torture. Uh, there's no inquest whatsoever. They can, they've got a carte blanche to do what they want. And they just bury them in the ground. And, and mark graves. And now that now some of the families are digging them up and finding their, the folk that were kidnapped, including children. Yep, and we're so humane, we want to bring justice and democracy to the world. Not that America's ever had it, or Britain, or any other country. We have never seen it. Never. And, and they don't intend that we ever see it. But they keep us thinking they actually do have a right to say them and do things, don't they? Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix. Also put up ID card plan to snoop on Scots again. Scotland has introduced the, world, the free world's most intrusive computer database of personal details, with every citizen being logged and monitored from cradle to grave. This is mainstream Daily Express. So it's going to introduce the high intrusive computer database of personal details, and it says um, furious critics uh, accused the Scottish Nationalist Party, which is not Scottish by the way, government of introducing ID cards without the plastic, and said there was a real risk that data would be lost or misused. The politicians say the aim of the project is to turn millions of ordinary Scots into human guinea pigs for researchers to study, bring in investment and jobs at the expense of civil liberties. And I'll put this one up tonight too. And also too, this one is quite interesting because Nottingham, an article on Nottingham in England, which is one of the most depressed areas of the country, a lot of immigration to Europe, very little work and so on, and lots of them get into the police force through priority hiring and so on. But, it says here, uh, it says um, there, there's so much compensation being awarded to the police officers, it's not a lucrative field to go into. It says one police officer was awarded £16,610 compensation after falling over a pile of blankets while chasing a, cr- a criminal that's emerged. Shocking figures reveal that cash-strapped Nottinghamshire police have paid out almost £450,000 to settle claims over the past five years. The force were faced with 43 successful claims for bizarre work injuries by officers and civilian staff between 2007 and 2012. 
One member of staff pocketed £18,400 for injuring their back after falling off a chair. <laughs> well, one employee got £8,130 after falling over a photocopying paper. That's been really hurt your ankle, that, that paper, eh? Another worker received £10,615 when they were burnt by boiling water. Another got 4450 for slipping on an empty bottle in a car park. It says there have even been six payouts for officers who've been bitten by the force's own dogs. One policeman received £17,826 for being bitten by a police pooch, while another got £8,050 and two other officers pocketed almost 3500 But the biggest payout was a staggering 43000 for an employee who slipped on ice in a loading bay and injured their back. Mark Spencer, Conservative MP for Sherwood Knotts, said the figures were evidence of a compensation culture that had spread to the force. He said, we've lost the plot in terms of what we think is acceptable to claim for. We're inundated with ambulance chasing ads on TV for no-win, uh, no-fee services. Critics say the Knotts police figures are evidence of compensation culture. If you slip on ice while you're at home, uh, you dozy wit. If you do it at work, all of a sudden it's someone else's fault. Retired policeman Ray Egan, 75, blasted the payouts and said he was surprised officers had become part of the compensation culture sweeping the nation. Well, it's quite easily explained, as I've said already. Uh, there's a lot of uh, priority hiring going on, and uh, those of them in priority hiring also are given special uh, cultural, uh, to keep their own culture actually, but cultural uh, compensation as well from government, even their own newspapers like Canada too. Uh, that it tells them to have their own cultures. They really don't want to blend in, and they're in there for a fast buck. A lot of them are definitely in there for a fast buck, no doubt about it. It's quite something the world we're in, folks. But you never get the truth in unless you dig for it. And then when you dig for it, you must reason for yourself and come to your own conclusion. If you can't think for yourself, Albert Pike says you're meat on the table and a beast of burden by choice and consent. In other words, you're there to be used by those who can use you. From Hamish Marcel from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, or your gods go with you. <laughs>